Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Head cannon. Head Welcome cannon. to Head, head cannon. cannon. Tonight we have a very special head guest. One of our, head if not cannon. maybe our favorite guest. I don't don't tell our other guests this, but don't do it. No. Don't tell it. But you know, uh you, you may know him from Twitter as Octopus Caveman. Uh we just know him as, as our lovely, lovely friend, Anthony Peterson. How are you doing this evening? I'm great, man. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, no, it's good to talk to you. And we were, it was, you know, it was about time to, cause I've kind of got a list of like guests and, and I try to rotate people through and, and, uh, you know, it was about time to kind of invite you back on anyway. And then there was a thing, an interesting situation that happened recently involving Kanye West. Do you just want to describe what happened and then maybe we can get your, yeah, tell the story. your, your oh, input man. on right. it? Cause it's pretty so, fucking uh, crazy. Uh, Kanye, uh, he was uh, posting on Instagram a bunch of private text messages between him and Kim, and I thought like, wow, well, that's a little, that's a little uncool. But I also thought like, there's a good opportunity for a joke here. <laughs> so I, I made some fake Instagram posts. Like I made one in MS Paint, and then the other one just in my phone. I just texted myself and <laughs> like screenshotted it and cut out the parts so it looked like an actual text message. And I just said uh, it said. Kanye has diarrhea a lot, or I'm sorry, Kim has diarrhea a lot, a lot more than regular people. I those, and then it blew up on Twitter, and immediately people stole it. And I think, like, because they thought I was breaking news or something, I don't think they realized this was just made up. And Kanye deletes posts from Instagram so quickly yeah. that I don't know why people haven't been doing this as a joke for so long. Like, <laughs> right. if there's no record, people just go there and go, oh, I guess he deleted it. And people were battling it out in the comments. Like, no, these are real. He just deleted them. Yeah. Uh, so well, it started to go crazy mega viral across multiple accounts. People were stealing them. So immediately I was like, look, these are fake. This was not supposed to go this big. Like, this is a dumb diarrhea joke. Like, I make a lot of diarrhea jokes on Twitter just because I think it's a funny word. Yeah. Like, it, but I hate, like, the gross one. I don't want to hear about splatters and smears. That's a, that's not cool. That's gross. The, the You're classy be user a, of the word. Yeah. yeah, the joke wasn't about the diarrhea. The joke was Kanye was posting incredibly personal things about his ex-wife. So it was right. like, 
the joke is he's uncool doing this to his ex-wife. But anyway, so it blew up all over. I was very open about it being fake. Nobody else was. All the people who just stole my screenshots, they just let it ride and let people figure it out for themselves. So Kanye posted a thing on Instagram going, look, this is not me. Somebody copied my style, which I think is hilarious because, like, no, I did not. I had punctuation in there, dude. <laughs> but he, he then went on and he was like, he was like, I do like comedy, though, and you guys know I like memes, and some of my favorite people are me, Elon Musk. Yeah. Like, all of this stuff. I was like, this is the most unhinged post. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and, then, and, uh, he, he, and then it was hitting, like, the news. Perez Hilton made a video about it and then quickly deleted when somebody was like, these are fake, dude. And then uh, 50 Cent recently posted it on Instagram and was like, yeah, Kanye's on drugs. And Kanye was in the comments like, bro, I did not write this. <laughs> it was Octopus Caveman. <laughs> What's great, though, I, I guess, is like it went so big and so many people posted it that it's, you know, it's not really traceable back to me. Like, I guess it is. I mean, you could look at the timestamps, but no new news organization bothered. Right. I saw articles written about it embedding tweets of people that stole my screenshot. Yeah. But it's just crazy. Everybody ate on that but me. Like, so many so many news organizations had their moment, and then Courtney Cox made a video about it. I'm like, man, everybody saw this. My buddy's a high school teacher. And he texted me today, and he was like, "Dude, my kids are still talking about this Kanye diarrhea tweet thing." Yeah, I was like that's hilarious. That's funny. I showed I showed a couple of my students that, and the, the, one of the girls was like, "I've seen this." Yeah, no, I I had that same experience with my wife. Like the day that it happened, I was like, I was like, "Yo, you know my my buddy Anthony that I know through Twitter," and I started telling her about it. And she was like, wait, is this the Kim K diarrhea thing? I saw this on TikTok. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Jesus Christ, you just got home from work. Like, how did you see this already? <laughs> I, I got a little bit of hate from some people. Uh, you know, some people were like, why would you do that to Kim? And, and why would you do that to Kanye? Those were the craziest ones. Like, she's trying to keep him from seeing his kids. Like. Look, this isn't going to affect the custody arrangement. <laughs> right. I think, I think Kim's going to be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the point of the joke would affect the custody. Like, the point, like, pointing out that, yeah, Kanye posts a lot of unhinged personal shit online. Yeah. That could affect his custody arrangement for sure. But my little diarrhea joke isn't going to do it. Right. Well, yeah, and, I, just, and I it, love shit like that where, like, all you did, you just, you did something simple. The cause of yeah. it's, it's very cool. It was yeah. MS Paint, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah no right. Doubt. Well, and, and it, somebody on on TikTok posted just the screenshot with music and got like seven million views. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, man! Like, everybody went bigger with this thing than me. <laughs> well, like, I'm and, just trying to sell some art here. Like, that's the only reason I post dumb shit like that. If it blows up, I go, hey, buy a painting. <laughs> Right. Well, and it, it, it was, you could somehow merge the painting with the with the tweet. I'm telling you, like, I, even without like directly plugging uh, my art or anything in a, a viral tweet, like my son made this little joke about a, a turkey thing, or just said something crazy when he was young, and it went just, like crazy mega viral. And because of that, I sold like 20 paintings that week. Just nice. because of all the extra eyeballs on me, you know? Yeah. 
That's a stupid-ass marketing plan, but it has worked in the past. It seems to work okay for me. Like, oh, yeah, this guy also has another skill. Right. Oh, yeah. He doesn't. He There's there's more than just diarrhea jokes to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, and it was weird. And, and I saw, like, when Kanye addressed it, he also used it to, like, take a jab at Pete Davidson in that post. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which I, I thought was pretty Kanye. funny. Man, I gotta say though, I love me some Kanye. Like, <laughs> I know he's unhinged, but I really like that guy's so good. Yeah, I, he. Re- I mean, he's a, he's a brilliant music. Like, he's a brilliant artist. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's just so easy to tease. Like, I'm I'm a day one album purchase guy with Kanye. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right. Like, yeah, I was hyped for Donda. Like, you know, I don't. <laughs> No, hey, if if he ever does find out it's me and listen to this for some reason, like there's no hate in my heart for you, dude. Right. <laughs> Which yeah, and Kanye's a regular listener of the, of the Head Cannon podcast. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, He's on never know, dude. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you think do you guys think that like he got something happened to him when he was in that car accident like at the beginning of his career? This is just my theory. I'm, mm-hmm. I haven't read this anywhere. Man. What? CTE, it could be. You know, he did that through the wire thing. He had to like get his. He was in a huge accident. Had to get his jaw jaw wired shut for a while. I kind of wonder if like he got real real popular and then that happened to him and then something something clicked in his brain. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. I do hate that everybody everybody is always like destigmatize mental illness until a mentally ill person does something mentally ill. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like yeah. he is a mentally ill guy, and like yeah. he's not gonna always be perfectly normal when he speaks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, to I'm me, that was defender. Was a genius. Like, you gotta be, you gotta crazy. You gotta be crazy too. Well, another thing <laughs> I thought was interesting was in, in, in like, all, especially the stolen tweets where. You know, other people were just like taking your screen grabs or your pic- those pictures and just sharing them. There were people in the comments who were like, "No, nah, this is fake. This isn't real." And there were dudes like, "No, Kanye posted this. I saw it on Instagram when he did it. This is definitely one hundred percent legit." And I'm sitting there like, "I, it is. It's absolutely not. Like, I know for yeah. a fact that it's not." <laughs> it's it's like, man, it's it's. The spread of bullshit is so wild online. It's like Alex Jones shit. Yeah. I love, I love uh, <laughs> on InfoWars, Alex Jones's evidence is always just a, a handful of printed, like, print screens from Google. <laughs> it's just like a headline, like, you see this? You see this? It says right here, kids are leaving school. They're leaving school because they're scared of the TMTLs, taking them to the spirit realm to suck their blood and harvest their organs. <laughs> like, it's always that. It's just like one headline, and it's like, Hillary Clinton checks into hospital and it's like, this is where she's getting her blood transfusions. You know, it's just, <laughs> that's a really good Alex Jones. That is a really good that's Alex a, Jones. It's a really good one. Yeah. That's, a, that's all you got. You just got to real gravelly with it. Like he's practically a wrestler. But, and that's what I wanted to do one day on InfoWars. He's just like, and Hillary Clinton, I'm going to see you this Saturday at Hell in the Style. <laughs> He's got yeah. like a fake a fake ring set up, and he just like tears it off. And he's got like the the libre outfit on. Dude, they don't they don't do wrestling promos like they used to anymore. But the other day, just just randomly in my head, it popped into my head like how great it was to hear 
the uh, the Ultimate Warrior talk about Hulk Hogan because it was yeah. never Hulk Hogan. It was Hulk Hogan. You know, it was like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that guy was that guy was phenomenally unhinged. Like yeah. the Ultimate Warrior was like just like the ultimate cokehead. Yeah, he looks yeah. like he looks like what cocaine feels like. <laughs> yeah, like just bright Were colors, bulging. Like <laughs> no, no, there was uh, there was two. They tried to bring in another guy, and then that didn't that didn't quite work out. Who was the guy amazing... that like jumped off the thing and died? Was that him? I don't know. There was like a okay. If we don't know the, never mind. Jumped off what? Jumped off a cage or something? Or there, there, there was a, a WWF wrestler who like. Jump! I think it, I thought it was the Ultimate War. I thought that's how he died. He jumped no, off. You're, th- you're thinking about nine eleven. That's right. <laughs> Damn it! Cocaine <laughs> is a hell of a drug. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. It's I'm easy. Smash that building, brother! <laughs> oh, that's funny. I sent <laughs> on nine eleven. I sent a picture to a group chat. It's like me and Brent and a bunch of our buddies, and it was like Hulk. The the on top of the picture it says Hulkamania and it's Hulk Hogan like kicking the twin towers. Oh, <laughs> I I took my son out to a revolving sushi bar on nine eleven. <laughs> okay, and we we're sitting there, and uh, you know, like like the sushi just kind of comes by, and there'll be a little sign that says what it is, and you can just grab the plates mm-hmm. and eat what you want, and then at the end they count the plates, and that's what you get charged. But one of the roles that came by, I've never heard of this role before in my life. It was a 9-11 role. And I was like, is this like some kind of fucked up promotion? Right. <laughs> what was, was it in a weird shape? No, no. It was just it was just an odd name because I was like, this is weird. Like September 11th and they've got the 9-11 role. It was it was two very tall pieces of sushi. And then when you yeah. pour you pour soy sauce on them. They just kind of collapse, you know. Yeah. And it, it was made by George Bush. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. The wasabi of mass destruction. <laughs> no. oh, well, well, I want to, uh, I want to get to Anthony. The this is kind of we we mentioned this on a previous episode, and I think the first episode we did together was Mandy, which I love. Yeah. And we've done a couple other Nick Cage movies. Uh, I'm a big fan of Nick Cage, but the movie but we decided to watch this movie out of like a joke, right? Because I think Anthony, yeah. you and I had seen it, and Corey yeah. had. We were like, "Don't watch this fucking movie." Corey's like, "I'm gonna watch this movie." Yeah, I think last episode I was on, we joked about like, "Oh yeah, next time I'm on, we got to do Pig." And yeah, then here we are because our dedication to a joke is extreme. Yeah. Well, and I, I still hadn't seen this movie. So we're talking about 2021's Pig. And I had not watched this movie until last night. I watched it for this podcast. So and what did you think? Uh, I, you know, if I, I didn't hate it, but I feel like, you know, what I feel like my expectations were tempered by the fact that you had just, and I remember this vividly, Anthony, you described it as walk around and talk to people, the movie. <laughs> Like that phrase has stuck in my head. So that was my, that was my expectation. So the movie I watched exceeded that expectation. So it still feels like, like a bad side quest in a video game. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually liked it more. The second watch. Second honest. time. Around. I actually liked it. I hated it the first time, but 
but after after Anthony, you you showed us Mandy, and then I watched Pig and was like, this isn't like Mandy. But then a couple months ago, I watched the uh, the Massive Talent movie. Yeah, I I just I, I watched that, that last helped. night too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I still haven't gotten to that yet. I'm excited to see that though. Yeah, yeah. I think after that, I understood Nicolas Cage better. <laughs> I I think his performance in Pig is really great. Yeah. I just think the story, yeah, it's it's like um, it's almost like they're trying to do a little bit of John Wick, like where they'll just like John Wick will just pre- present you with something that exists in that world. And it yes. kind of helps the world building. They don't break it down completely. Yeah. It's just like, well, this is a thing. And they just present it to you. So like the fight club in Pig. Yeah. A weird fight club for chefs. And it's just there. But it doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie. And it, it's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff that it, it feels too silly to be serious. But <laughs> the movie is actually more serious than it should be. Yeah. Like, it's trying to straddle this silly and serious line, like, and it just doesn't do a good job of it for me. And the resolution is, I don't know, like, yeah, (laughs) I know. I totally, I totally feel you because the, the, and I think the difference between pig and like a John Wick type movie is with John Wick, it's like a secret world of assassins. And it's like, yeah, okay. Anything is possible. Like who knows what goes on in the secret world of assassins, right? But yeah. then, but then in Pig, which I do, I agree. I think the, the, a lot of the reasons I liked it were the performances were great. It was beautifully shot. Like, I'm really interested to see what this director does next. Cause the movie was gorgeous. It looked great. Um, but I agree the story, the plot was, it, it's like, I, I was wondering, I haven't had a chance to really do much research, but I was like, are there really like underground fighting rings of restaurant chefs chefs? like is this is this a real thing like and the idea that it's like a john wick movie is so brilliant too because john wick would have entered the ring and kicked the shit out of like everybody who tried to fight him Mm -hmm. but but it's like with pig it's like you want it to be you want it to up you want him to like be a fighter but he just lets someone pummel him you know some like sous chef at a three-star just pummels him to the ground (laughs) yeah yeah well, there is. I, I would do think like second viewing. I was. I. I could pick out the things that people like about it, but yeah. I still don't like it. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those things like Aerosmith. Like, I respect Aerosmith, but I don't like Aerosmith. I don't ever put on Aerosmith and go like, Yeah, I can't. I really want to listen to some Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah. But if somebody is like, Man, those first three Aerosmith albums are great. I'm like, Okay. Like if you're if you want to talk like greatest rock bands of all time and you put Aerosmith in your top ten, I'm like I get it. Right. Not for me, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's like yeah. playing at like a, a pool party in 1993, like okay, I'm jamming out some Aerosmith. Oh, dude, I went one 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 of like the first concerts I went to was Aerosmith. I went with my mom, and it was like shortly after I had like started hanging out with a group of friends who like smoked pot. And I was like introduced to all that. Right. And I remember we were like sitting out in the lawn at deer Creek or whatever it's called now in Indianapolis. And there was a point where Steve Tyler came out like on, they had this little makeshift stage out in the, uh, uh, whatever the yard or whatever they call it. The, you know, the cheap seats way out in the cheap area. 
yeah. And um, and it was it was really cool. And I remember this like everyone's like passing a joint around, and it like it's like the people next to me have it, and I like look at it, and I look over at my mom, and I'm like, nah, I can't, <laughs> I can't. You gotta pass it on to somebody else. No. And they yeah, pass it to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's that was the best. Like starting to go to concerts with my dad because there was like crossover bands that we liked. But we saw Blue Oyster Cult like at the fair. Nice. And uh, seeing his reaction to joints being passed, like pass him and stuff, that was great. Like, <laughs> oh, he's such a square. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Blue, Blue Oyster Cult. I know uh, John Carpenter, uh, huge fan of Blue Oyster Cult. I'm a huge fan of John Carpenter. His music kicks ass. Oh yeah, he's great. And he, there was one movie we covered where they actually used the logo of Blue Oyster Cult. It, it was the second movie in the Apocalypse trilogy. What's that called? Um, Prince of Darkness, I think. They used the 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 Blue Oyster Cult logo as like a weird demonic logo in that movie. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I did a, I mean, just to plug myself a little bit, I did an album that was inspired by John Carpenter's, like, soundtracks. Nice. So I did this uh, uh, instrumental album called uh, Original Motion Picture Soundtrack, which is just, like, a soundtrack to a John Carpenter movie that doesn't exist, basically. Yeah. That's cool. I, I think I saw, I, I saw, it, I don't plug it enough. Do you have that up on Spotify? I feel like I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, it's out there. Okay, yeah, I've. That's fun. It's just kind of John Carpentery like synth stuff, and you know, it was a fun, fun project. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. One and one thing about, you know, you guys kind of mentioned the climax of Pig, and I, I don't know that it works one hundred percent because again, there are weird things about this movie where you're right; it feels like very serious, but then there are these like silly components to it. But I do like when movies try to have conflict or, like, resolve the plot without resorting to violence. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, like Luke Skywalker in that, what was the eighth Star Wars movie? Uh, the Ryan Johnson one. What, Return of the Jedi or whatever? Um, a lo- yeah, right? Uh, I can't remember. Whatever. Number yeah. eight. Whatever it is, like, a lot of people didn't like that Luke Skywalker came back and, like, didn't actually fight. He was just a force ghost or whatever. But I, I really, I enjoyed it because I, I, I thought it was cool that he came back, like, and his whole thing was, like, not being violent, not killing people. And he was just there to, like, let people escape. And I don't know. I always like, a re- I'm always interested in a resolution that yeah. uh, explores nonviolence, you know. <laughs> To me, the end of Pig feels a little bit like the end of No Country for Old Men. <laughs> no Country for Old Men ends with this Tommy Lee Jones talking about a dream he had about his dad. Yeah. And it just kind of ends abruptly after this conversation. But it earned that ending by giving us an hour and a half or two hours of incredible movie yeah. before that. Yeah. And that ending is somewhat poetic and and. It earned that ending. Pig doesn't do that. It doesn't earn it for me. It doesn't. It doesn't earn the the slowness. It doesn't earn the the lack of a res. There's just not enough there. Like, give me yeah. Taken, but it's a pig. That's yeah. what I went in to see. <laughs> you know what? If the pig has to die, if the pig has to die at the end, there should be a point where Nick Cage gets reunited with a dead pig, and it's like that scene in Mandy where he's like drinking the vodka bottle in the bathroom. 
I mean, even if you, even if you, uh, you know, because that that Fight Club scene happens pretty early on, and it is staggering to go like, oh, he's just gonna get the shit kicked out of him. Give me that movie. Give me the guy who's trying to get the pig back, and he's just failing at it the whole time. Not oh, and then he's gonna go have a nice brunch. Like it's just insane yeah. to me. And they, I don't think they did enough of of exposing the weirdness of the chef world. It's just not. It just doesn't deliver for me. Yeah, you know, it was supposed to be an hour longer. Oh they really? Oh my god! And, Thank um, you, Jesus. Yeah, I would have hated it so much more. <laughs> and where that where that hour came from, I bet was a little bit of the chef's world, and then I bet it was a lot of uh, Amir going around and getting the different ingredients for that final <laughs> thing. The you final know, dinner. He goes to two different people, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but there's yeah. like a whole lot more ingredients. But I think it's like he would have went to more people who would have like exposed more about who Rob is. Yeah, I think there's, I don't know. There's so many, there's so many ways that you could have gone and made this a more interesting movie. I swear to God, if you handed this script to John Favreau and said fix it, yeah. oh, dude, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, I would love. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, because and I do agree. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff isn't fleshed out enough. The chef world. Um, because it does, it does like does a little bit of world building, but it doesn't feel super complete. And then the one time you, you meet Darius, he goes to his house and he's like, I've got your pig. You've got nothing to bargain with. You don't even, you don't know who I am. I'm a bad motherfucker. Fuck off. And you're like, Oh shit. This guy's like a truffle mushroom gangster. And then. And, and then, then you think he's going to send some assassins right. like John Wick style. And then you're going to see Rob beat some ass. Right. But then, no, he just like sneaks into his house. He doesn't even sneak into his house. He just goes to his house and makes him dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you know who the, the most bad at? Oh, go ahead. No, they just didn't do enough to, to earn that. Like, I, I could see how like that makes sense to whoever wrote this script. <laughs> But they didn't do enough to earn that making. They didn't do enough to earn it. Yeah. And you know what? There are those points of where it's like, if it turns to violence, it's going to be awesome moments in the movie. Movie like where Amir and Rob go into the woods to the the truffle um, harvesters. Oh yeah. And they sit down with the old lady, and and they're and she's like, "What's the problem?" And he's like, "Someone stole my pig." <laughs> and she's like, "What the." Yeah, oh she's she's like motherfucker. Like, yeah, some truffle farmers are gonna get some like old like old like guns and shit and go hunt some people. But no, I think I think I nailed why I don't like this, and it's what I say about all art. You want to be either very bad or good, and this is almost good. And the worst art, the worst music, the worst movies are the ones that are almost good. <laughs> you want to be you want to be uh. Uh, Gigi Allen, or you want to be Rush? You don't want to be almost good. You know what I mean? Like those, you can see those paintings. Like the worst tattoos are those portrait tattoos where it almost looks like the person, but not quite. Right. It's just you get your proportions off a tiny bit, and it's the worst. You would rather see like a Picasso cubist drawing of yourself, or a realistic, like perfect one, not yeah. that person who's almost there. That's the worst. And I think that's this movie. It's almost cool. 
Yeah, that's man. Yeah. That's a, this th- movie is the tattoo of like some like twenty five year old lady who's like, "This is my son at nine years old." <laughs> right, and like it's a the- drawing of Burt Reynolds that looks like a Mexican cowboy. That's what this movie is. <laughs> yeah, like the gums are a little too big. The oh, eyes yes. are like the not evenly spaced. No, I think that's a great description, Anthony, because the movie's gorgeous. It's beautifully shot. It looks great. The performances are great. But I think you're right. Just like plot there. Yeah, it's like just not quite something like I didn't hate the movie at all. But it also like it's nowhere near like in my list of favorite movies either. You know, right. so I, I think it falls below fine, you know. Yeah. There's good, there's bad, and then there's fine right in the middle. It's it's below a five, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot there where it could have been better. Like, it needed another pass. It needed somebody to do punch-up or something. It needed I, to figure out if it wanted to be drama or silly. Yeah. What, what about, like, the rec- like he puts the cassette tape in at the very end, and you hear his wife talking. It would have been cool if, like, at some point before she plays the song, if she's like, and here's your birthday gift. It's a little baby pig. Or something like that. So like just yeah, something to make it make sense. <laughs> he just like dropped his whole family and married a pig. <laughs> this, this is people trying to go too artsy with it, and they they drifted far away from just good story structure. You know who else would have nailed this movie? Mel Gibson. You give Mel Gibson this script. He's gonna give you an amazing movie. You know what? That would have gone the other way. I feel like, yeah, John Favreau would have would have gone one way with it. It would have been like the more like subtle, peaceful, like artsy movie, somewhat. Yeah. Mel Gibson yeah. would have been like the more over the top, brutal, like violent movie. Right? Yeah, it would have been taken, but with a pig. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I could only I could only imagine like <laughs> I know Mel Gibson is like the worst guy ever, but his movies are so good, dude. I watched Apocalypto with my son the other day. Yeah. It's like, this movie's so good. Oh, yeah. I... Do, you, do you remember the Mel Gibson tapes when those came out? The the recordings his ex made of him? Yeah. The yelling? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's my favorite. There's, yeah. a, move, there's a moment <laughs> where he's like, you should have blown me at the hot tub. And she's like, you wanted me to blow you? And he goes, I deserve to be blown like a man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That fucking like guy. Him on to it's easily my, my favorite Mel Gibson performance of all time. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Call me call me Riggs. <laughs> oh man. But I do one one just one like one part of this movie, just a detail I want to touch on is just how long he's been out of touch with society. And then I love when he goes back to the diner and he's like, they're like, can we help you? He's like, is Marge here? They're like, Marge died like 10 years ago. <laughs> like, she's can been I dead. use your phone? <laughs> yeah. She's you going to buy something? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah. You know he smells horrible too. He's yeah. got that like, he's got that hardcore like urinal smell that only like, like the hobos who have been out out in the wilderness you know every time he gets hurt every time he gets hurt like they just he doesn't wash the blood off of him no it's more and more dried bloody (laughs) and then the final meal the final meal that he he makes he's like he buys the bread and he's like holding the bread like against his like bloody shirt it's not like you can like serve there's stuff like like i i would take the 
him not cleaning himself up, stuff like that, as a man who doesn't give a shit about anything anymore. Yeah. But that betrays his motivation in the film, which is to get his pig that he very much cares for back. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, show him determined to do at least that. Yeah. When I saw, I saw, because I, I watched a couple YouTube videos before this, just to hear other people's opinions. And they, cause, I mean, I think this is intended to be a study on grief, right? Because, I mean, at the core of it, it's Mel, or not fucking Mel Gibson, Nicolas Cage and, and the guy who plays Darius, uh, uh, Adam Arkin. And, right, and the whole thing is they're dealing with grief, right? They can't get past yeah. the loss of their wives or the almost loss of their wives and actually deal with their grief. And somebody, their theory on it was that you know, Nicolas Cage doesn't wash off or anything like the blood and everything that it's the, the scars. It's an external manifestation of like the pain, the grief he's feeling within whatever. That's an interesting take. I like that. that, that that's one of those takes where it makes me appreciate the film a little more like, all right. Yeah. I'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting. And, and you know, like we said, I, 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 it's so close to I'm interested to see what this director and what he's supposed to be doing um oh he the next thing he's doing is a quiet place day 1. He's doing like a spin-off of the quiet place movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean there's definitely worse Nick Cage movies. The ones that like you can't even think of like all the streets of video ones that he's been doing the last 10 years. Oh yeah, there's Yeah, the free website Tubi. Um the movie <laughs> website Tubi has like them all. All yeah, the, the video, the, the straight to video ones. It's it's weird. I, I didn't Some really. Some pretty good. Yeah, and I also think that's kind of cool. Like uh, him and Bruce Willis, like the last ten years, have been going real out there and just doing like it seems like anything. And I think what a cool gift for these young filmmakers to be like, man, I got to do like my B movie action movie, and I got <laughs> Bruce Willis. You know, yeah. like, that's so rad. And people thought with, like, Nick Cage, it was like, oh, the tax stuff. He's just trying to pay some bills. With Bruce Willis, people were like, what the hell is he doing? And then we find out about the aphasia. And I think it was a little bit of just Bruce just kind of doing what he could while he can. Yeah. Yeah, because I I feel like Nick Cage is still, like, he's still doing some great movies. I mean, Mandy wasn't that long ago, Color Out of Space. Like, he's doing some really, and even his, I mean, his performance in Pig is great. It's a great performance. Um, it really is. It's it's top tier cage. Yeah, it, you know, like yeah, I I like it when he can he can show that he can do this because then it it's something I can point to to go. He's more than just a joke. Like there's a reason I like him. Okay, like he's great. Oh he oh yeah. he's a great actor. Yeah, and even like the unbearable weight of massive talent or whatever. Like I said, I watched that last night because I've been meaning to watch it, and I was like, you know, I'll watch it ahead of this podcast. And now's as good as as good a time as any. And I like, I mean, I, I really wanted to love that movie. I didn't like it as much as I wanted to, um, but it's a lot of fun. They're doing a lot of fun stuff in that movie. And, um, but anyway, I, my, my point is that like, he's doing some really fun, interesting stuff now. And I like trying to remember the last, like really great Bruce Willis performance. I, I don't know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I don't even know what it would be, you know? 
I mean, it's tough. It's tough because like he's always serviceable. He's good in like GI Joe, whatever. Like he's Bruce Willis. <laughs> but I can't really think of the last time it was like, wow, like that. That's a performance, you know. Yeah. I don't know that he's really that kind of actor. I think he's kind of more of the John Wayne school of just, this is me. I'm a silly guy from Jersey. Like, how much do you want me to crank up the silliness or the seriousness? He's just got like that one lever. You want right. Me to be the funny, wisecracking guy or the very serious, tough guy. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Nick Cage has some range, though. Like, Nick Cage is one of those guys where, like, I was think <clears throat> nobody, well, not many people could have pulled off what he pulled off in Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> like, almost anybody could have done Con Air, but yeah. not everybody could have done Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen that one. Oh, it's nuts. It's about a guy who thinks he's turning into a vampire. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. It's yeah, it's wildly over the top. Yeah, uh, but like you watch that, and it's like nobody could have done 1988. it. Nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really wild. That's one of those ones, maybe, maybe like Pig, that will divide an audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what did what did you think about the younger version of Cage? It it made me think of, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before, uh, Anthony. But there's a there was a script out there. It's on the Hollywood blacklist or whatever. <laughs> But it's a movie called Maximum King, and it's about when Stephen King directed the movie Maximum Overdrive, and it's just King at like the height of his coked out, like drug-addled brain directing this movie. And one of the interesting things about the script is all of the characters that he's written, like uh, Annie Wilkes or whatever from Misery, and like all of his most famous characters show up, like he'll be driving. And one of his characters will pop out in the seat next to him and like be talking to him. And he's like interacting with his characters, right? That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's a great script. You should look, you can find it online. It's called Maximum King. I've read the script. It's really, it's really entertaining. Um, but it, it like the thing with Nikki, like the young Nicolas Cage kind of reminded me, like I almost felt like whoever wrote this prop, like probably read that script. I don't know. Maybe not, but may, I feel like they, it was very similar in some ways, but I don't know. He only he only popped up like two or three times. And I feel like the last time, you know, Nicolas Cage was like, well, what are you really doing? Or, oh, I'm sorry. You haven't seen The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Never mind. No, no. I'm, t- I'm talking about a different movie. So. I do love those guys like Nick Cage or like Al Pacino who just have like two very clear different. <laughs> uh, there's like, you know, this distinction line. There's there's young Cage old cage mm-hmm. young pacino old pacino and they're just completely different guys yeah for sure brando has the starkest difference young brando and old brando <laughs> like how do you i mean you know who's like who's like in danger of becoming the next brando DiCaprio. Yeah. oh dicaprio oh that's a good that's interesting yeah dude because brando went from like the hottest dude and I could say that as a straight man, that, like, if you look at young Brando, that was a fuckable dude. <laughs> and uh, old Brando, least fuckable dude. And Leo's teetering, man. He's, he's getting into unfuckable zone. And part of me appreciates it, because, like, I look at Johnny Depp, and I'm like, dude, you're 50. Just get fat. Like, just get fat. Right. You, you earned it. Like, be fat. But with Leo, I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, he looks like maybe... 
maybe being a fat guy will suit him, yeah. but maybe not. And I don't know if that's just my brain because I've seen him as a child. Like I've watched him grow into a man. Remember, <laughs> right. it used to be weird to see him in the aviator and be like, oh, he's going to play adults now? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, because he, he has such like a youthful baby face. You know what I mean? For yeah. whatever, whatever reason, he's like. When he gets fat, it's going to be an awesome Apocalypse Now remake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could I could see him going full brand. Yeah. I really could. Well, I saw I I, I I recently watched an interview with some actor. It, oh, it was Christopher Reeves. It was Superman, right? And he what movie did he do with Brando? Uh I don't know. Whatever movie he did together, this is like 30 years ago. But there was an interview with Christopher Reeves where he was like Brando is one of the most brilliant actors ever. He's, you know, like his shit is revolutionary and he could really be a guiding force for young actors in this movie. Uh, He was, it wasn't David Letterman, but he was on some talk show and he was like, but what's that? Superman? Christopher Reeves. Yeah. 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 No, Brando. Oh, Brando. Brando, That's right. Brando played his dad. That's right. That's what famous million dollars for one day of work. That's right. That's right. Brando. Brando oh, played, yeah. yeah, but so Christopher Reeves, he was super honest and he was like, he was like, yeah, he could be like a leader in Hollywood and like be a mentor to these young actors. But unfortunately he's just like given up and he doesn't like give a shit anymore and his craft sucks and he's just taking paychecks and he's a shit actor nowadays. And like, yeah. and I was like, whoa, he, he kept down that path for another 20 years. It only got worse from there. Yeah. Island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> That documentary about Island of Dr. Moreau is worth the like that whole movie. It's yeah, just, it makes it so worth it. Well, and, do, and Val do, Kilmer do, drinking his ass off, and uh, yeah, because he was going through a divorce, and the original director hanging out as an extra and just living on the island. Yeah, it's bonkers. And, like well, watch that. Movie. And, and to tie it back to Nicolas Cage, that original director, I think his name's Richard Stanley. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was just like hiding out during the making of the movie and then didn't really do anything for years and years and years and then came back to direct Nicolas Cage in The Color of Space, the Lovecraft movie. Yeah, I've watched that movie. I'm not a huge fan, but it is a messed up movie. Like if you're a genre fan, you'll you'll probably find something enjoyable in it. Oh, it's worth a watch for sure. Yeah. I was yeah. just stoked because Panos from, uh, you know, the guy who directed Mandy and... Uh, and uh god what was that other one i like so much beyond the black rainbow yeah he was uh, attached as a producer and i thought oh this could be really cool and i never read the color out of space by wells but uh it's it's a messed up movie man <laughs> yeah no it really is and man there's one part in that movie where like spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen that movie but when there's like the mother and the son like combine and there, yeah, there's some like Cronenberg body horror stuff that is just terrifying. Yeah, it's it, I mean, as far as love Lovecraft adaptations go, it's it's it, it's not a perfect movie, but it's 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 worth a watch for sure. But man, do you guys want to do that one next? I, oh, I'm so down for that. <laughs> I love to watch that. I, I looked at that. I saw the, the 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 trailer for it today. Yeah, because of this, and I wanted to see it. I, I'd love to do Color Out of Space. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting movie, but um. But that director, Richard Stanley, I think, they, everybody was like, oh, this is his comeback. He hasn't done anything for like 20 years since the island of Dr. Moreau. And he was it was supposed to be a trilogy. He was going to do two more Lovecraft movies. But then something came out. I don't know, sexual abuse. I'd have to look it up. Some kind of allegations came out. 
and he got dropped again. They were like, no, nah, no, nah, okay, we're done with Richard Stanley. Like, Whoa. yeah, some fucked up shit came out. Well, I, I don't know. I'd have if to look he it didn't up. do it, that sucks. If he did do it, uh, whatever. You know? Right. <laughs> like, they made the right call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, had a, I had a weird thought the other day. Like, okay, R. Kelly. <laughs> R. Kelly. R. Kelly got sentenced to 30 years. He's likely going to be in jail the rest of his life, right? Right. Well, they sentenced him already? Yeah, yeah. He got sentenced to 30 years. He still got some other cases, I think, pending. But currently, he's up to 30 years. <laughs> so everybody's like, you, R. Kelly... But at this point, the only people who stand to gain financially from his music being played are his children, who were kind of innocent. So, like, maybe we should be stepping in the name of love again. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, playing some R. Kelly for, to help out his kids. <laughs> so, I mean, like, worst case scenario, he gets out in 15 to 20 years, and he's an old man and has a decade or two as an old man to spend that money but the majority of that money is going to go to his kids no matter what right right yeah <laughs> they've surely disowned him right <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean he he wasn't really around for most of their lives apparently because he was busy off doing his his dirty work <laughs> it's like arranging a harem yeah yeah that was wild man i i i uh didn't get around to that surviving r kelly stuff until recently and it it blew me away i had no idea how bad it was yeah yeah that shit's wild but i mean let's get his kids paid those are good songs man Come on <laughs> at the weddings again i did think yeah. it was funny like at one point in that surviving r kelly documentary this woman goes there's certain songs in the black community that just get played regularly at weddings and stuff and i'm like we have songs too <laughs> like everybody has those songs it's not just what the black community is like where well, we have songs like no everybody's got songs <laughs> right <laughs> you know like just for white people we've got like the chicken dance and shit they're worse yeah. songs but we have those songs yeah before here some of it's the songs... remix to ignition <laughs> yeah. out the kitchen. kitchen yeah so we but... have a lot of the same songs like white people step in the name of love as well like, that's right a wedding song that yeah. just comes on at a wedding or who does the like slide to the left slide oh, to God. the right <laughs> yeah man when i was in school pictures i did you know so many proms every year and every time the cha-cha slide came on Everybody in my crew knew that was time for me to take a break. I just cannot listen to that song ever again in my life. That oh. pomp and circumstance from all the graduations, like, I don't ever want to hear the cha-cha slide ever again. I don't ever want to hear pomp and circumstance. And I made it known to, like, my family. Like, if you graduate from something, I'm not going to be there. I refuse to go to any graduations I don't have to be at. Right. <laughs> I hope you had the time of your life. <laughs> that was another one, man. Like for a while there, graduations, that was like the graduation yeah. song. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And who would have thought who expected that of Green Day, right? To be like from like from yeah. the time Green Day started, who was like, Oh yeah, they're gonna be a a graduation mainstay. <laughs> like they're gonna get super political. Like that wasn't even in my in my sights for them. Right. <laughs> I think didn't after Green Day became famous, they would go try to play like old clubs that they used to and just get booed off stage. I don't know. I haven't heard about that. Because they weren't like punk anymore. People were like pissed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most toxic shit when like fan bases are like that. Right. Oh, yeah. Sold out because people, 
you know, he made money off of doing the same exact type of music. Right. As I've gotten older, man, those pop, those like pop punk songs kind of sound good to me again. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, it's fucking catchy music. <laughs> you, know, you, know what, you know what's neat to me is like, I, I hated that music at the time when it was out, but mm. now when yes, I hear yeah. it, I'm like, oh, wasn't that nice? We still had instruments back then. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll listen to like Blink 182 with the knowledge that like, the drummer dude like was in a massive plane crash where like he was engulfed in flames and survived. Like I'm like, that dude's an amazing drummer. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I prefer the Aquabats though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pool party, baby. It was That's a cool. pool party. <laughs> That's more my speed because I'm a nerd. <laughs> did your kid? Did your kid ever watch um their show, their TV show, The Aquabats? No, no. He was a Wiggles kid. Oh, Wiggles kid. Okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> Which I love, I love the fucking Wiggles. The Wiggles are so good. Yeah, are they from? They're one, from here. What? They're from uh, Australia. Australia, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and they had like a really cool band before they became the Wiggles. They were this band called the Cockroaches, and oh, it's shit. like, it, yeah, it's good stuff. Like, kind of almost sounds like, uh, like, uh, God, maybe like a little bit crowded house. Like, it's good. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I kind of have the same appreciation for, like you said, the Aquabats. Yeah. They, they, they like, got on, like, Yo Gabba Gabba and all this, like, fun stuff. Yeah, I think Yo Gabba Gabba was kind of the, kinda, the beginning of that. Yeah. Or Kylie Minogue is the pink wiggle. She would show up on occasion to do some wiggle stuff. <laughs> That's awesome, the wiggles. That's Man, so imagine, rad. Imagine keeping that persona up, though, for years, like, going on tour as the wiggles. And like yeah, being, I mean, being a, a child perform or performer for children. I think they, you know, they didn't really dumb it down too much. You know, they weren't like, like, oh, hello. Like they were kind of just themselves. Uh, and they were just kind of like nice guys. Like Mr. Rogers was just kind of a nice guy. It was just sort of himself on TV. Yeah. So I, I think that saves them. Like they, they were playing songs for a bunch of kids and playing kind of the music they liked. And yeah. You know, it's not like there was a, there was a couple of guys like they had the pirate guy, Captain Feathersword, who had to come out there and be a pirate. But for the yeah. rest of them, they were all just kind of like, yeah, I'm Jeff. Yeah, no, that it reminds me. I once I saw a YouTube video like a couple years ago of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, and oh, it was yeah. like a benefit concert they were playing. It was a live concert, and they're like old now, right? This was a couple years ago, and they're like yeah. bringing kids up on stage and being like, "Hey, Johnny and Richie, let me introduce you to the band." And, you know, and just and they're they're being really nice. Like they're like they're like telling the the mosh crowd to calm down. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're just like nice old dudes. Yeah, they're like nice <laughs> old dudes. They I had a s- new album a couple of years ago that was pretty good. <laughs> I, lo- I didn't what- buy it, but I listened to it the day it came out, and I was like, all right, MMB still kicking ass. <laughs> yeah, right on. What one of my favorite things is when like. Uh, musicians like people up on stage will like stop the show because somebody's like uh getting smashed in a mosh pit or or like a, when a, a woman gets groped or something like i don't know yeah. just, just those videos and people are like hey hey cut that the fuck out like not at my fucking show <laughs> i've seen i've seen compilation videos on youtube of that oh yeah it's amazing <laughs> or like when people throw shit on the stage yeah <laughs> like people like throw like a full water bottle at justin beaver's head like it's amazing <laughs> There's a bunch of those compilations now on YouTube, and they're just like, what Travis Scott should have done, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's right. Yeah, because like a bunch of people died at his thing, right? Yeah. Like the Travis yeah. Scott. Yeah, that's wild. Shit. And that thing wasn't worth they like trying to like warn him, but he just like was like ignoring people and just kept going, right? Yeah. Yeah, people were like, Yeah, people are fucking dying and he's like, Alright, time for the next hit. Like let's <laughs> I mean the Rolling Stones played Street Fighting Man at Altamont three times. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's kinda on you, dude. Like guy got stabbed and you're like, All right, street fighting man again. Right. <laughs> Wait, like they played it three times in a row or three years in a row three times in a row <laughs> they're like keep stabbing oh did that have you seen anthony have you seen the movie dirty work with norm mcdonald oh yeah i love dirty work. i fucking that's oh, one of my favorite cops yeah yeah i love yeah, real cops but i love i love when he's like oh there's a bar fight you gotta play something good and chris farley's like oh yeah rolling stones street fighting man g7 yeah. and the guy's like you just hit G8. If you like pina coladas. <laughs> Man, so good. Rupert Holmes, uh, like that guy's songwriting is amazing. <laughs> he had the most fucked up sense of humor. So in Escape the Pina Colada song, it's about two people trying to cheat on each other and then they end up meeting and it's themselves. Yeah. He also, like that. before that, he wrote um, a song for a Canadian band called The Buoys called timothy and if you check it out timothy is amazing timothy oh. is about a bunch of people like fishermen after a shipwreck and they're all in the boat together and they're drawing straws for who they're going to eat and they decide they're going to eat this uh young cabin boy named timothy <laughs> so they kill timothy and they eat him and then they're immediately saved <laughs> oh, my God. oh i'm totally so i got rupert's, yeah i'm gonna look that. rupert's sense of humor is, is so twisted but his songs are so catchy you get like do yourself a favor. Check out Timothy by the Buoys. Oh man, this is yeah. When you this there's I, that's just kind of there's an episode we've got coming up. Uh, and have you seen The Mist, the movie The I was Mist? Just thinking oh, that. oh yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Frank Darabont's The Mist. Oh. that's one of my go-to like put it on while I paint movies. I just I love every moment of that movie. Yeah, oh yeah, The Mist is fucking great. I love The Mist. Yeah, <laughs> and that the ending of course is so fucking twisted. It's yeah. it's really messed up, but uh, Thomas Jane deserved an award for that performance. That is just I don't even know how he managed to get there because that's yeah. a level like beyond despair. Yeah, yeah, and Darabont. As so far good. as 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 far as King adaptations go, like fucking Darabont, man. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, he did. Didn't he do the Green Mile as well? I know he did Shawshank. Right? Yeah, Shawshank, Green Mile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy's Which, fucking you know, awesome. Green Mile's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Yeah, I, I, you I mean, know, a couple summers ago, I read, I read the, the serial, the books, and they, they were just fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know what? The, I, I mean, I, it gets it gets a lot of shit for the the magic black guy, especially mm -hmm. for the time it came out. It was like that and Bagger Vance, and <laughs> a lot of those movies were coming out. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you thought of it as a genre that's. So adorably racist. It was great. <laughs> it, was, it was a it was a thing though. Like people would talk right. about it. Like, oh, yeah. here's another magic black guy movie. Well, and, exactly be, right. and and Stephen King was. And I didn't mean that you are racist. <laughs> no. Thank you. Like I didn't coin the term. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Steve, but but Stephen King was doing that long before the Green Mile. He did that in The Shining. He did that in The Stand. 
it's kind of a you know that's kind of a go-to archetype for Stephen yeah. King. <laughs> it is a Stephen King thing. Yeah, he likes Stephen he he King does the racist. He does like the magical black folk, <laughs> or he did for a while. <laughs> okay, I'm doing that thing I don't like to do once again, and telling you that next week we're covering 1993's Hocus Pocus. Although we don't quite have the episode recorded yet, but you know Hocus Pocus Two is coming out. We want to get an episode in the bag uh, uh, on Hocus Pocus, so we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. We should be recording that episode, dropping it next week. And we'll also be reminding you to go check out our episode with friend of the show, Doug Jones, who plays Billy Butcherson in Hocus Pocus and the sequel, Hocus Pocus 2. And you can always find us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, on Instagram at Pod. On Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash Horror Movie Pod. Now, since you're listening to this episode, I'm about to share a song I did with Octopus Caveman, aka our friend Anthony Peterson, on his latest album Wolf in Love. Here's the track we did together, Consequences.
Well, do you guys, do you have your head cannon or do you want me to go ahead and go? It's up to you. I can go first. Doesn't matter. I, have, I have two I'd like to say, if that's okay. Yeah. Well, why don't you go first? You go first and then you can, you can wrap us up as well. All right. I'm terrible at choosing which one to go first. Sometimes one is better to go first than the other. But... Go with, go okay. do the second one first. All right. Here's my second one. It's about the meth heads, right? Okay. The meth heads hallucinate a spider that writes messages in her web to them. <laughs> she she writes she writes some pig in her web. <laughs> All of them die at the fair when the meth lab they constructed explodes and burns down the midway. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Anthony, do you have a uh, do you have a head cannon or do you want me to go ahead and go? I, I have an actual piece of truth. This is a hundred percent true. Actually, uh, Nicholas Cage's character. Uh, this film was uh, initially supposed to be a sequel to John Favreau, uh, his film chef. So Nicholas Cage's character is actually supposed to be Favreau, but he got into the Mandalorian, couldn't do it. So they had to cast cage. So this is technically chef too. Uh, you know, after he, he did the restaurant, that falls apart. Yeah. And then he ends up just, he lives in that, he lives in that, that food truck in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they make some changes, but this is technically chef too. Oh dude. I would watch the shit out of it. I think I, I love that. I think you're right that this would be a fun Favreau project. Yeah. I just like, like Favreau doing food movies. But yeah. Busy doing star Wars and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah take it take Give a step back food movies. yeah take a step back from disney let's get some yeah. more food movies favreau get us, yeah. yeah get us you know good burger too directed by favreau <laughs> yeah god yeah and chef, chef was so goddamn good it's yeah. so good it's such you, a great movie did My you did movie. did you watch uh the chef show uh was it on netflix or whatever it's chef roy Choi. roy Choi, i fucking love I Which, love the idea that that chef is an allegory for Favreau being burnt out doing the Marvel stuff. Yeah, you know, like he's a chef that just has to keep making this <laughs> this one guy's meal, and he's like, "I want to make my own thing," and he goes off and just starts a food truck. That was him making that little movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit, that makes sense. That Thanks, makes Anthony. Sense. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so there's my headcanon for a movie that we didn't watch. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know, there was I I made. Uh, once I made ramen to Chef Roy Choi's spe- uh, specifications with like the butter and the the American cheese and all that, right? And I just posted it on Twitter because I thought it looked good. And I just I just made a dumb comment. I was like, uh, my goal in life is to like l- make ramen to live up to Chef Roy Choi's expectations. And he. He commented on it. He was like, oh, yeah, it looks good. And I was like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I like how that probably fell on Anthony's deaf ears when you talked about soups. Oh. Oh, Not at all. The the soup expert. (laughs) (laughs) The ramen soup expert. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. Well, my headcanon is that uh, Darius was actually lying at the end. Uh, the pig is not dead. He he actually has to keep this pig, not to sniff out truffles, but because this this pig has such uh, a a superpower for sniffing out truffles. It, it's part of this superpower where he can use the pig's blood to heal his wife and bring her back 
from the brink of death. So he actually in the hospital room, which the son couldn't go in to like see this, but had he gone into the room, he would have seen the pig on a gurney, like right next to his mom. And the blood is being transfused from the pig. And he's yeah. like turning her into a half pig, half woman, like oh super one. <laughs> Dude, if that was the resolution of this movie, it was like, look, we can save your wife, but she needs a new brain. And they put the brain of the pig into the woman. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you can use her to hunt truffles during the day, but then she comes home to me at night. Like, that would be so weird. It would make the movie better. I'd be like, this is so insane. I would recommend that movie to everybody. Like, you have to see it. Yeah. The ending is so bonkers. It doesn't make any sense. He's yeah. in a leash. They, yeah. <laughs> they should have gone with the pig brain transplant. <laughs> you know, where I thought you were going with that was that, like, That's even better. Yeah, just a pig is an IV bag. Oh, dude, the wife being the, the, the truffle pig. That's perfect. <laughs> it so, also would have been a better resolution if it was like the pig just ended up with a poor family who ate it because they were hungry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, bring it back around to the food thing. Like, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's just food, chef. <laughs> I mean, although that was a good looking pig, though. I mean, that thing looked amazing. That was like a I young granddaughter. I would have bet that pig. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicholas Cage claimed that he did not, but yeah, we to- I totally would. Yeah. Who was it that asked him if he did? Was it was it Amir? Amir was like, because he gets angry at one point. He's like, "I bet you fuck your pig," and he's just like, "I don't, I don't fuck my pig." <laughs> <laughs> he slowly puts Amir in the loop. He goes from, yeah. I, "I don't, I don't, I don't fuck my pig." I don't fuck there. Now, yeah. Now you're now you're in the loop. I don't fuck my pig. <laughs> God, I gotta, I gotta use that as a sample in a song one day. <laughs> That's funny. That is right. Like no context. Yeah. I don't fuck my pig. I don't fuck my pig. <laughs> the beat drops. Yeah. I don't fuck my pig. Boom, 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 boom. Shit. All right, all right, Brent. What's your last headcanon? Then we'll let we'll let Anthony go. Let him get back to his kid. (laughs) So, so it's about Rob. So, Rob, for the past ten, twelve years, or whatever it was, he's he's spent all of his time eating the forest, right? (laughs) Twigs and mushrooms with with his bare hands. You know, he's eating mice and leaves with like cicada sauce. Yeah, he's eating acorn stuffed squirrels on the actual rocks, right? Yeah. And this this has made his belly riddled with diseases and parasites, right? In a turn of events, Rob gets the upper hand when he forgets to wash his hands before cooking Amir and his father dinner. <laughs> so he just like inadvertently poisons them. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a way better resolution. Yeah. That would have been amazing too, like to finally bring it up. Like, yeah, you know how we've never seen him wash himself? <laughs> That's gonna be it. That's gonna come up. Yeah, yeah everybody gets food poisoning. <laughs> it's just a two-hour, a two-hour movie that's secretly like an after-school special about cleanliness and food prep. <laughs> yeah, like the, is everywhere. <laughs> like Dar- Darius, they say it like Alex Jones. They say it like Alex Jones. Salmonella is everywhere. <laughs> I like like the dad the dad eats some of the meal and then starts crying and runs off but and then Nick Cage goes looking for him and he's like 
he like opens the door and he's like, get out of here. Blah! And it's just like coming out of both ends. He's just like in the bathroom. Yeah, it's just, just the pie eating contest from Stand By Me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he turns to a mirror and he's like, Sandy Hook was a hoax. Yeah. <laughs> now you're the capture of your pig. It's being it was, held underneath the secret base, underneath the, a mine in Minnesota. It was a, it was a false, <laughs> false flag operation. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is a crisis actor. There never was a pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Those Fuck. people don't think that they knew him. That's see. That's who I want. I want to see. Said it was a tremendous performance. <laughs> I give it four stars. See, I want to see Alex Cage Jones' version of this movie. Oh, that I got to do that now. I got to just do Alex Jones reviewing movies where he's just <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like Dumbo. This is uh, emasculating. Uh, this too woke. Go woke. Go broke. <laughs> That being said, the stuff with Dumbo and his mother was uh, extremely touching. Four stars. Those three crows were an example of BLM. <laughs> the crows were Antifa. Uh, it was a good representation of what they do. You know, they they, uh, they undermine the authority with their heckles and jekylls. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, why did why did the warden in Shawshank Redemption have to be? Build as the bad guy. <laughs> He's just trying to keep law and order. He just, yeah. order. He just wants law and order. order. This country, Andy Dufresne, one hundred percent committed those crimes and deserves to be held accountable. Right. <laughs> we should take him out in the field and shoot him. There's a perfect, perfect example of the woke left and the globalists trying to poison your kids and brainwash them with uh, you know this kind of commie garbage. Andy Dufresne deserves his freedom. <laughs> I liked it better when Andy was stuck in the shit. <laughs> right. Leave him there. Leave him in the shit tube. I do think that would be hilarious to make an extended version of Shawshank Redemption. And it's just 20 minutes of Andy crawling through the shit. <laughs> extended, extended crawling. Yeah. That's just amazing. That, him gagging and crawling for a full 20 minutes. That's yeah. the only thing added to the movie. It gets what late. Is it's a and he has to make camp for a night. <laughs> oh, in I the... know that I know we're not talking about this movie, and I'm dragging it on longer. But Andy did that shit, right? He's totally guilty. I never thought of that. <laughs> it's been Andy so long. Did that shit. He does not deserve his freedom. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Oh my god, watch that again. Andy did that shit. Yeah, it hinges on one random kid coming into the prison to say that, like, he randomly talked to some dude. Yeah, who's who? The guy who comes into the prison is the type of dude who would lie for attention. Yeah, but when you watch those flashbacks at the beginning of the movie, I I think Andy did that shit. I have to, you know, I need to watch that movie. It's been a super long time since I've watched that movie. Dude, message me when you do. I'm telling you, Andy did that shit. Last time I watched it, I was like, man, he totally did this. Okay, I'm watching it again with that in mind. That's amazing. Message me when you do. I'm telling you, like. Just the first five minutes of that show how it's like irrefutably Andy who does it. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. he could think of how to break out of a prison, he could think of how to try to murder his wife. <laughs> yeah, plus he was, he was really drunk when he murdered his wife. That's why he left all the evidence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, well, with that... <laughs> from the left, saying that you know 
good, hardworking Americans can enjoy a cocktail and we'll end up murdering our wives. <laughs> Try to take out. Anyway, al- they're gonna they're gonna take alcohol. Too. Come in our house, take our alcohol away from us. Do you remember during Alex Jones's divorce, he said he he tests marijuana once a year to figure out their potency to see what George Soros is poisoning the population with? (laughs) I sample it once a year just to make sure everything's on the up and up. No, that's definitely that's definitely some some intense cron. That's no that man that fucking guy. That's I was so glad he lost he lost that lawsuit recently. You know, indica more like into couch. Am I right? I'm more of a sativa guy. Just gets my blood going. I don't like sinking down into the couch. <laughs> That's where the left wants me. They want me alert, alert on my sativa, alert and figuring out their plan. <laughs> awesome, sweet. Well, I want to wrap this up. I want to let you get going, Anthony. Is there anything you want to plug, uh, point people toward before we uh, we we close up here? No, dude. I just, <laughs> this is a great trilogy we've done so far. <laughs> Go back and listen to the other episodes I've been on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, it, yeah, Mandy, uh, what was the Tim Robbins one? Jacob, Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder, yes. yeah. And then, and then, uh, uh, Pig, yeah. See, this is what we do, we alternate, we do, we do a cage, and then we do a Tim Robbins. <laughs> Shawshank next. Oh, and fucking we'll shit. color out of space. Yeah. Gee, I've totally forgot about. It. Okay, yeah, we could. Yeah, we could do Shawshank. That's based on a Stephen King movie. That fits. That's close enough. Barely. Yeah. I mean, barely fits. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Cares. yeah. This is our show. Fuck it. It's close enough to yeah, a war. I mean, okay, but we do have to do it with with like we have to come to the table with whether or not Andy did that shit. We got to really crack the case. <laughs> yes, right. I like that idea. That's, yeah. that's what we would do. Yeah. <laughs> We cracked the case. Awesome. We get Tim Robbins actually thrown in prison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they definitely did that shit. <laughs> Sweet. Well, Anthony, thank you again. This has been a blast. Thank you, everyone at home, for oh, listening. It's always the best. Love this, you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love you too, man. Yeah. Love you too, for sure, man. This has been right. Head Cannon. Oh,